Welcome to America the Bazaar. I'm your host, Jordan Rausch. And I'm Jeremy. This is a weekly history podcast that deep dives into all the stories that made America into the beautiful weirdo she is today. And you're back for part two. Part two. For this crazy goat testicle, testicle doctor. I don't know if we're titling this yet, but you yeah. bet you came back for part two. And if you're just now listening to part two and you didn't listen to part one, I would definitely pause and go listen to part one first. Which is what episode? Which is episode, I believe, 32. So definitely go listen to that one first. A lot of crazy stuff we've already talked about. You don't want to miss out. No, you don't. Oh my gosh. And then, so I'll give a little bit of a recap for those of you well, that did listen last week. Presidential trivia? Yes, but I'm going to do presidential trivia first. And then when we come back after our intro music, I will give a recap. So this week for presidential trivia, our question is, which president's parrot got kicked out of their funeral for cussing too much? <laughs> I don't have a guess for that one. Yeah, it's another... I imagine that's probably a more, a more recent, I'd say last 50 years. Okay. Okay. Well, the answer will be at the end of this episode, so stay tuned. Okay, so recap. And Jeremy, hit on any points if you think that I've glossed over something that's important. <laughs> okay. There's a gay, guy named John. He was born... John Brinkley. John Brinkley. And he was born in North Carolina. The son of a... Son of a mountain doctor, yeah. who is a guy that never got a medical degree, but practiced medicine. Yeah. His dad died when he was young, so did his mother, and he wanted to grow up to be a doctor as well. Well, he went to a few colleges that weren't accredited, and then he kind of just bought a medical license, and then he started working in a hospital where this guy, or no, just a drugstore, mm -hmm. and then this guy asked him... Take over his practice in Kansas, or <laughs> Arkansas? Right, to, in Kansas. And then that's how he got his fake degree, is because then he got a brochure. So you really need to listen to the first episode, because yeah. I know this is confusing. Yeah. Anyways, he's a doctor, or at least working as a doctor, in a drugstore in a small town in Kansas. A guy comes to him saying that he wants to have another kid with his wife, but he can't get it up. So, Dr. John recommends they put goat testicles inside the scrotum of this guy. And the guy agrees. The guy tells his friends. A lot of guys are all about the surgery. And this thing goes 1920s viral. Right. President Woodrow Wilson almost gets the surgery. The Secretary of State does get the surgery. John goes to L.A. to perform the surgery on celebrities, and he makes a ton of money. He made... And, and so it was forty thousand dollars back in nineteen twenty four, which by today's standards is either depending upon which sources you look at is between basically half a million to almost six hundred thousand dollars. Right, and he was there for thirty a, days. He was there for a month. So that brings us up to speed of where we are now. We're good. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, there's a lot more twists and turns in there. Though. Yes. Sorry. So go listen to part one if you have. Yes. So. He just got done doing all of his operations in L.A. On the celebrities. Yes. And in L.A., John had learned about the new world of radio and knew that radio was the way to go to expand his business. 
He could use the radio to entertain his patients and advertise his operation. He's got to get a jingle. Right. So, when he got back to Kansas, he built a brick build built a brick building near the hospital to be used as a radio station with the call letters KFKB for Kansas First, Kansas Best, or Kansas Folks Know Best. It kind of like flipped on what it actually meant. Yeah, but. Yeah. And the station slogan was the Sunshine Station from the Heart of the Nation. KFKB started broadcasting in September 1923 and was the fourth commercial station in the country. John didn't want the station to air any advertisements or recordings. They would only have live entertainment. They aired preachers, country music, poetry readings, weather, market news, health talks, etc. And John often hosted himself. The station gained a lot of rural farming listeners by airing at times that worked for farming families and using, langu- and using language that they could easily understand. When talking about his goat gland surgery, he said, Note the difference between the stallion and the gelding. The stallion stands erect, neck arched, mane flowing, champing at the bit, stomping the ground, seeking the female while the gelding stands around, half asleep, going into action when goaded, cowardly, listless, with no interest in anything. Man, don't let this happen to you. Remember, a man is as old as his glands. <laughs> so men started coming to John's hospital from all over the world, seeking out the goat-goat-nad surgery. And the hospital was shipping in an average of 40 goats per week. Oh, my gosh. Listeners to the radio show... You could have had a business supplying goats to this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure somebody was making a lot of money supplying him goats. Yeah. Listeners to the radio show started writing him letters asking for his medical advice. This They're... is like a... This is like the, the update with Dr. Sanjay Gupta, isn't that... <laughs> it's like, I that's like it's, the today's... It's more like a Dr. Oz. <laughs> oh, right, because of his licensing background. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Dr. Dr. Gupta. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't, sorry, Dr. Gupta. Yeah, no, this guy's more like Dr. Oz. <laughs> there are some estimates that he received as many as 50,000 letters a day. The post office in Milford, because Milford was a small town. Yeah. And so the post office had to be upgraded to handle all of the mail. John decided to start a daily radio program called the Medical Question Box. Listeners would write to John about their symptoms, and John would go over a handful of them before going on air. He would then read out the symptoms of the listener on air and prescribe the listener a prescription and told them and whoever else had similar symptoms to order the drugs from his drugstore in Milford. John would do the medical question box as a three-hour segment as many as two to three times a day. Wow. Pharmacists in the area started to become very upset that all of their business was now going to John Brinkley. Mm -hmm. So John created the Brinkley Pharmaceutical Association that pharmacists could join, and John's listeners would be encouraged to get their prescriptions filled by them, as well as by by John's own drugstore. Yep. John also noticed that some of the drug names were confusing some of the listeners, so he numbered all of the pharmaceuticals. So when he would prescribe a drug, he would just call it Drug 62 or Drug 34, and any of and any Brinkley Pharmaceutical Association pharmacist would have a list of the numbered drugs and would be able to fill the prescription. That also kept, like, any other pharmacy from filling it because they didn't know what drug Brinkley number 45 was. Yeah. yeah. The pharmacist gave John $1 for every prescription sold. Wow. 
It is estimated that John made between, and this is 1920-something money, $400,000 and $750,000 annually from his prescription business. My God, that's more. While still completing about 50 goat gonad operations a week, which would have added up to $1.5 million a year. John bought custom-made $7,000 Lincoln cars with gold-plated hubcaps and 16-cylinder Cadillacs. This guy's got so much money. He's got too much money. Oh, yes. One of the Cadillacs had 13 gold plates with Dr. Brinkley or J.R.B. written on them. John also bought a yacht, and when the Kansas governor named and when the Kansas governor named him a Kansas Navy admiral. Which is kind of like a joke, because Kansas doesn't have a navy. Yeah, yeah. He bought the proper admiral uniform and would wear it on his yacht while also carrying a sword. John also... Because... Yeah. John also really loved diamonds, and he wore an 11-carat diamond on his right hand, a 14-carat diamond on his left hand, had a diamond tie pin that was 24 carats, and a diamond-studded tie clasp. In April 1930, Morris Fishbein, the editor of the American Medical Association's journal, wrote an editorial that called John a charlatan of the rankest sort and begged the Federal Radio Commission to stop John from spreading medical misinformation. Around the same time, the Kansas City Star newspaper started to put together a series of articles on John. The second article of the series was all about the patients that were extremely dissatisfied with the goat-gonad surgery. Some experts believe that patients were, be- were being given a shot of vitamins and drugs that made the men feel more manly and robust, but they would go back to feeling normal as soon as the vitamins wore off. So you're like, oh, that surgery worked, and then, like a day later, you're like, oh, never mind. Yeah. I feel pretty much the same, except my scrotum hurts. Except for I had surgery. Yeah, except I feel like I have gangrene down there now. Yeah. <laughs> Other stories told of men that had gotten terrible infections from the surgery and were never the same again. Mm. The newspaper also published death certificates of patients that had died at John's hospital or had died shortly after leaving. Brinkley had signed all of these death certificates because he was their doctor. But instead of listing any part of the surgery as the cause of death, John had written that they had died of appendicitis or old age or etc. etc. Fishbein wrote another article calling calling John the epitome of quacks, and that even though the AMA had over 2,000 entries of charlatans and medical fakes in its files, John Brinkley was the most dangerous because he is daring, particularly because of his radio. No other quack owns a radio station. After reading this article, the Kansas Medical Society officially condemned John and his practices and petitioned the Federal Radio Commission to stop KFKB from broadcasting. The AMA also started to receive complaints about Brinkley advertising his goat gonad surgery on the radio, and they petitioned the Kansas Attorney General to revoke John's medical license and radio license. Mm-hmm. The Kansas Medical Board then charged John with lying about his medical education in order to get his medical license in Kansas, committing felonies, drinking alcohol, diagnosing diseases and prescribing drugs over the radio, and advertising on the radio. Was there a... Was there... Rule against the, well, it's mostly the AMA. You can't advertise your services. services. Yeah, so that's that's pretty common among professions like 
I know back in the day, uh, for the longest time, I don't remember the exact time when it changed. I think it was. Uh, anyways, the, like the law profession, like it was seen as like beneath the profession to advertise. You were right. You were a professional who didn't advertise services. People came to you because of because they knew you were a doctor. They right. Just, Everybody you weren't was, allowed to advertise. All lawyers, you know, you're basically supposed to have the same education, the mm-hmm. same skill set, same mm-hmm. with doctors, and so you weren't supposed to advertise. Right. At least not back then. Right. That was the rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, it's it's That's the rules whatever. are totally different. Yeah. Well, it's not whatever. It's just totally different. Right. So, while waiting for his trial for his medical license, the Federal Radio Commission announced that they would not renew KFKB's radio license while they investigated KFKB on three charges. Deviating from its assigned wavelength, broadcasting obscene and indecent things, and his medical question box answers were harmful to the public interest. John offered to stop doing the medical question box on the radio if he could keep KFKB's radio license. Despite the offer, the FRC voted to not renew his license indefinitely by concluding that KFKB was not serving the public interest. John was livid and blamed both the Kansas City Star newspaper and President Herbert Herbert Hoover for forcing the FRC to to discontinue his radio license. He also said that the AMA bribed the FRC with thousands of dollars to reach their decision, and he broadcast these accusations over the radio. Because he still had it. He still had it. Still owns the equipment. Yeah. It's not like they're short of just going well, and cutting and apparently, the line. So they were like, well, we're not going to renew it, but he's like, his current license was still going. Oh, yeah. So he could still go for it at least a little bit. Yeah. So postal authorities started to look into John and trying to determine if they should open a mail fraud case against him. And at the same time, one of John's patients brought a medical lawsuit against him, saying that the goat gonad operation had caused him great pain and the impairment of his health. John's medical license trial started that July, and the evidence against him was damning. After the testimony was over, John, as like a last-ditch effort... You could say that the evidence... Was just a kick in the nuts. Ah. <laughs> you did say that. <laughs> Sorry. I know. So, I was like, if you said this is too late for that joke, though. You, you, you just keep going. I just got to inject it. <laughs> so, as a last ditch effort, John invited the board to come to his hospital and watch him perform one of his surgeries. And the board agreed. Like, yeah, we'll watch it. <laughs> Let's see this. Twelve doctors were appointed by the board, and they were horrified by what they watched. They said there were no precautions taken when getting the gonads from the goats, and there was a high risk of tetanus, which made sense, since a lot of John's previous patients had died from tetanus poisoning. Mm. The doctor said that John also didn't do anything to connect the new gonads to the men, like giving them a blood supply or splicing nerves. He just put them into the patient's scrotum and sewed them back up. When one of the doctors testified, it's really a simple surgery. Yeah. <laughs> when one of the doctors testified about the experience and was asked if the operation could have any effect on the patient, he said, "Not unless he introduced the infection with it." Uh-huh. After this, the Kansas State Medical Board ruled to revoke his medical license after attributing attributing forty three deaths due to his malpractice and found him guilty of immorality and and unprofessional conduct. You mean the guy with the gold tie and the gold tie glass? Or, yeah. 
the gold-plated tires on his yeah. Lincolns and yeah. diamond-encrusted tie clasps. And... Now that guy. That guy? That guy. Oh, man, I can't imagine him being a lawyer. Right, so he finally gets his medical license revoked. So he calls up a friend and is talking about, you know, how much it sucks. He's got his medical license taken away. He only has a few more months for his radio station before his radio license is taken away. And his friend says, why the hell don't you go back up there and get on your radio and become a candidate for governor? You can get yourself elected and then you'll be in control of the state medical board. Oh my god. Which means that he could, if he's in charge of the state medical board, he, he could be... appoint new people to it and could get his license back. Oh my gosh. It was too late to petition to get his name on the ballot for Kansas governor, but he decided to go for it and run as a write-in candidate and officially announced his candidacy five days after his medical license had been revoked. His platform was to give retirement pensions, lower taxes, have free textbooks, and have free medical services for the poor. He also ran on building recreational lakes in every county of the state of Kansas. His reasoning was that the evaporation from the lakes would create more rainfall, which would be better for the Kansas crops. So. He's just trying to appeal to all the people. To everybody. John quickly gathered a huge gathering. Well, remember, he won, like, the mayor ship. No problem. Of of that other town. Yeah, Fulton? Yeah, of Fulton. So John quickly gathered a huge following and had huge crowds at his rallies, sometimes with as many as 20,000 people. My God. He's got, My God. He's got Trump rally numbers. Yeah. And he's just a writing candidate for Kansas governor. governor. Fearing that John Brinkley had a real shot at winning the governorship, the Kansas Attorney General ruled that John's name would have to be written in exactly as he recorded it when he filed for his candidacy which meant that only votes that said J.R. Brinkley would count in his favor. Not Dr. Brinkley, not Mr. Brinkley, not John Brinkley or John R. Brinkley. It had to be J. John Romulus Brinkley. Yeah, not John Romulus Brinkley. It had to be J.R. Brinkley, or else they wouldn't count it. And if they said anything else, the votes would just be tossed out. John stressed to his voters how important it was to write in his name correctly and even gave out thousands of pencils with J.R. Brinkley written on them. John received 30% of the votes and placed third in the election for governor, but all the candidates agreed that if the 50,000 ballots that had had written in the wrong name and had been thrown out were actually counted, he would have easily won. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So he kind of, not that I think he's a good guy or should have been governor, but he really got screwed out of that one. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah. Because, like, clearly, who else, what other Brinkley are they? Well, and some people just put, like, the doc, but Uh, they knew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. 50,000 ballots were thrown out. And he's, but even... He's, so but he's legal. still, even after 50,000 ballots were thrown out, he still got 30% of the vote. 30% mm-hmm. of the votes had his name written correctly. Oh my gosh. KFKB officially went off air on February 21st, 1931, and in his farewell broadcast, John said the decision to not renew his license was a blow to the doctrine of free speech. 
John then hopped on a plane and flew to Mexico to sign a 20-year agreement to build a transmitter and broadcast a radio station from Villa Acuna, which is just across the Rio Grande from Del Rio, Texas. KFKB had 5,000 watts of power, while this new station, called XER, would have 50,000 watts. That would give his new station enough power to broadcast all over North America and even overtake strong stations that were broadcasting in the U.S. He returned to Kansas and sold KFKB to a life insurance company for $90,000. The Brinkley Hospital stayed open and continued operations by other doctors. So other doctors are now doing... Licensed doctors. Yeah, they're doing the go-go dad surgery. Oh, Really? Yeah, so they're, they're still doing that surgery. So they're still doing that surgery, just other doctors are doing it. Oh my god. Yeah. And he still owns it. And he still owns it, so he's still getting profit from it. Oh my gosh. So it's like the only thing they did was just take him out of the one. Right. Thing that wasn't even off. a big that big of a deal. Yeah. So and then so other doctors did the surgery while John would travel back and forth between Texas In and Mexico. Kansas and yeah, Mexico while he was in Texas. Brinkley remotely called into a station in Mexico and advertised the goat gonad surgery and to campaign for governor again in both 1932 and 1934, though he lost both of those races as well. John decided to move to Del Rio, Texas, full-time to open up two new clinics for him to work in, one in Del Rio for prostate and and goat gland surgeries, so he's back at it, and one in San Juan for colon procedures. That way, he could also broadcast in his new radio station. In 1932, the Mexican government agreed to let Brinkley up the station's wattage to 150,000 watts. Wow. And just months later, Brinkley upped it to 1 million watts. Jesus. Which made XER the most powerful radio station in the world. His radio station signal could reach 17 countries... And people were picking up the signals in Texas in their dental fillings, bed springs, and barbed wire. Oh my gosh. They just, like, open up their mouths and they would hear him talking. Don't you think that would have, like, some people thought they were legitimately crazy? nuts. Yeah. Because they could just hear this guy's voice and music. And, yeah. It was in their heads. So, it is powerful. Yeah. 17 countries. Yeah. Dental fillings. Dental fillings. Bed springs. Bed springs. Barbed wire. Yeah. People are going crazy because they're hearing this guy talk. All the time. Many Russians tuned into the station, which was now XERA, and the KGB used it to teach their spies English. Yeah. Thanks, John. Yeah. You dick. Brinkley ran his radio station very similar to the one in Kansas by offering medical advice, preaching his religious teachings, and advertising prescriptions, many that he claimed would help men regain their sexual prowess. He would also sell airtime to advertisers at $1,700 an hour, where they would try to sell products like crazy water crystals, life insurance, and religious paraphernalia like autographed pictures of Jesus. Signed by who? I want... I wonder if anybody bought an autographed picture of Jesus. It was supposed to be signed by Jesus Christ himself. Who was peddling that? I don't know, but apparently they were making enough money to pay $1,700 an hour to advertise it. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, 
So, in between, in between Brinkley's programs and the advertisers, the radio broadcasted up-and-coming country singers, including Gene Autry, Jimmy Rogers, and the Carter family, which helped launch their careers and helped country music become popular across the United States instead of just, like, the Appalachian area. Johnny Cash... And 17 countries. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Cash actually heard June Carter sing with her family for the first time on XERA. Wow. Brinkley continued to get super rich. In Surprise. Yeah. In 1936, he bought 16 acres and built a mansion on it where he had a stable for his dozen Cadillacs, a foaming fountain garden, which I don't really know what that means, but exotic animals that were imported from the Galapagos Islands, and a swimming pool with a 10-foot diving tower, and he owned three yachts. Because now he's in Texas. Yeah. And he has, actually, a... But I don't know why you need three. But, I mean, why does he need any of this, really, right? Well, why? Yeah. (laughs) When Hitler and the Nazi Party started to rise in Germany... Yep, we're doing Hitler and Nazis now. They're part of the story, too. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, the KGB's involved. Yeah. Why not add the Nazis? Why Why not this, too? So, when they started to rise in Germany... Brinkley allowed Nazi sympathizers to come onto his radio station. Fritz Kuhn, who was known as the American Fuhrer, who we also covered in episode 14, Nazis at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. He was invited by Brinkley to be on the show. And Brinkley had Reverend Gerald B. Winrod on, who was a Wichita preacher that blamed all the world's problems on the Jews. So... God, that's who he just sucks. That's who he had for guests on his radio show oh to talk gosh. about their ideals. This guy is a nut job. Yeah. So Brinkley... But I mean, like... Okay, that's <laughs> Brinkley started to become very involved in the Nazi movement, and almost because, like, how could you not if you're just hanging out with Nazi sympathizers all the time? Yeah, you're like, hey, these guys are... Drawing in more listeners. Yeah, he would talk about how much he loved Hitler. Yeah. So, and that pool that I mentioned he built, the Mm -hmm. one with the diving tower, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was covered in swastika tiles. All of the pool tiles had swastikas on them. So, there's Mm. that as well. Is that still standing? I don't know. I hope not. This is Del Del Rio? Uh, Del Rio, Texas, Yeah. yeah. John also donated $5,000 to the Silver Shirts, who were an American fascist and Nazi-sympathizing organization. This guy is becoming even more worse. I didn't think it could more, get worse. He's more, yeah, he's got more worse than just putting goat testicles in people's bodies. And killing them. And killing them. Yeah, now he's also a Nazi-sympathizer. Morris Fishbein wasn't done with John Brinkley, and in 1938 he published a two-part series he titled Modern Medical Charlatans. The expose went through John Brinkley's whole career and documented several instances where John's goat gland surgery either maimed or killed patients and repeatedly called Brinkley a quack. John Brinkley decided to sue Fishbein for libel. The trial was front-page news, as everybody knows who John Brinkley is now. You know, mm-hmm. everybody almost in the world knows who John Brinkley is. Yeah, you have feelings, you know. Yeah. 
Several physicians testified that the goat gland surgery was a fraud and that the medical concoctions that Brinkley sold were mostly just water and dye. When Brinkley was called to the witness stand, he couldn't explain how his surgeries worked, probably because he sometimes he changed it up a lot. Sometimes he would uh, do slices of gonads and put them in the scrotum. Sometimes he'd do whole gonads, or he would even place gonads in people's abdomen. Sometimes ho- he would sometimes hollow out a man's own testicles and then sew the goat's testicles inside of the man's testicles and then sew up the scrotum. Jurors ruled for fish by. They're like, yeah, this guy's nuts. Yeah. And a monster. Yeah. After that, Brinkley was sued several times by previous patients for malpractice. The IRS also began investigating for tax fraud, and the post office began investigating him for mail fraud, and Brinkley had to declare bankruptcy in 1941. But wasn't he Mexico, so why would that be fraud? Well, he didn't pay any taxes when he was living in Kansas. And he still has his hospital there, too, that he's also not paying taxes. I'll tell you what, people. Pay your taxes. Yeah, they'll come bite you in the butt later on if you don't. I'm not not for taxes, but you know what I'm saying? That's a good way to just screw yourself over pretty, pretty quick and easy. Yeah. 1941 was the same year that the Mexican government was receiving pressure from the United States to curb any Nazi sympathizers in their country. And this included shutting down radio stations in Mexico that allowed the Nazi message to be broadcast. The United States and Mexico also reached an agreement on how much radio bandwidth should be allocated to each radio station. And with both of these reasons, the Mexican government decided to shut down down XERA. Yeah, because they're taking up all of the bandwidth. Yeah. After he filed for bankruptcy and lost his radio station, John Brinkley suffered three heart attacks. The heart attacks left him with poor circulation that caused him to have a blood clot and resulted in, in him having his leg amputated and, when, and resulted in him having his leg amputated when it became infected with gangrene. Now bedridden, John Brinkley announced that he was now going to become a famous preacher. However, he suffered another heart attack and died on May 26, 1942. John R. Brinkley's last words were, if, Dick, if Dr. Fishbein goes to heaven, I want to go the other way. Bitch. I can almost guarantee you, Brinkley went to hell. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. About all the stuff he did. Yeah. In the 1950s, XER hired DJ Robert Weston Smith, who called himself Wolfman Jack on the radio. Wolfman Jack started playing a new sound that was a blend of country, pop, and the electric blues. That was called rock and roll. And in the same way that Brinkley made country music popular with XER, Wolfman Jack made rock and roll popular in America with XER. And that is the story of the drunk goat testicle Nazi doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, it sounds so much worse. I mean, it's just a train wreck. You know, so, can't, can't turn it off. Can you put any more things into the story? I don't think so. You've got uh, 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 a mad doctor. Yes. Well, I think it's safe to call him a mad doctor. A mad doctor slash mad scientist, because yeah. this was definitely who's experimenting with people. Yeah. And goat testicles. Yeah, which, you know, I, I could definitely see how he was a Nazi sympathizer. Not... Because 
they were doing the same sort of shit. Yeah. That's a good word to that. I think they were doing the same sort of stuff. Experimenting on, on lesser human beings. And this guy didn't even need to identify a particular race or anything. He was just doing well, it on willing patients. He had people paying him a lot of money to do it. To mutilate them. Yes. Essentially. I mean, they thought they were getting this huge benefit. Right. Good thing Yelp, I mean, unfortunately, Yelp wasn't a thing back then. Right. So people could actually hear the reviews of other patients. Well, that's kind of the thing, especially back then. You know, you only hear the good, you know, you usually only hear the good reviews, or those are the ones that you usually hear first. And that's how you got so much publicity. Mm-hmm. It's harder to get, you know, the bad news, the out. bad reviews out there. Right. So I just feel bad for all of those people. Yeah. A lot of lives changed. A lot of, yeah. A lot of people died. Yeah. A lot of people, I'm sure. Can we talk about, too, about the country music? Like, so basically basically because he made all of this money and started a radio radio station. Yep. And broadcast country music. He helped. Yeah, and I even read a story where Waylon Jennings said that his dad would, uh, hook up, like, he would, his dad would listen to XER, and that's how Waylon Jennings learned about country music. And got, and yeah, and got into country music. Wow. That's crazy. So because of Dr. John Brinkley, we had Waylon Jennings. Wow. And possibly, and June Carter, Carter, and Johnny Cash. Well, yeah. Yeah. You can almost attribute, attribute all of their careers. Nashville. Mm Mm-hmm. Gosh, but that's not one that you want to publicize. No. <laughs> He's a terrible founder. Yeah. He did so many terrible things. So many bad things. He was a terrible person. What a roller coaster. What? So many things. Um, my sources for this story were Nuts! A Questionable Cure for Impotence by Evan Kinley. Did you read that one? All of it? What? Is that a book? No, that was an article. Oh, uh, dang. <laughs> Gonna ask you how many pitch book that was. Yeah, no, it's literally just an article. John R. Brinkley got rich on glandular gullibility by Peter Carlson. Crafty Crooks and Con Men by Nigel Blundell and Sue Blackhall. The Bizarre Careers of John R. Brinkley by R. Elton Lee and Charlatan. America's Most Dangerous Huckster, The Man Who Pursued Him, and The Age of Flimflam by Pope Brock. So. Ugh, crazy story. So, I hope that was worth it for everybody for our first two-parter. But there's no way that I could have fit all of that. Into a reasonable episode. Or just, like, I was thinking about it, I was like, well, I was writing, and I was like, well, I'm already, you know, kind of at my time limit. What do I take out? Yeah. What do you take out? It's all nuts. Yeah. And there's even, I'm sure, other stuff that I just didn't throw in there. I can't wait for you to see a picture of him, too. Uh, kinda, he kind of looks like a goat. <laughs> you know, he kind of just, like, embodied the thing that he just, like, spent a lot of time with. Yeah. Maybe he had plastic surgery to, to, to look like that. No. Let me see if I can't. No, I don't I don't think he had plastic surgery. Let me see if I can't find the picture really quick, really quick of him for you. See what you think. Is it the goatee? I that think it's the goatee good. that makes him look like a goat. <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
Is that why they call it a goatee? Well, goats, billy goats have, like, facial hair. That That's what goatees look like. Yeah, is that where the name comes I'm from? I'm sure it is. And this is a picture of Billy the Goat Land Baby. Aww. With Dr. That. Brinkley. It's a cute little baby. Yeah. No horns. No no facial well, hair. Well, he does have a lot of hair, so you can't tell. It also doesn't show his hands or feet, so you can't tell if he has cloven hooves or not. <laughs> Alright. Well, if you liked this episode, even though it was crazy, uh. please rate, review, and subscribe. So other people can find us and listen to us, and so you never miss an episode. If you want to know more about this episode or other episodes or check out some of our sweet merchandise, please go to americathebizarre.com. If you would like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com and search for America the Bizarre. And, oh, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to tell you which president's parrot got kicked out of his funeral for cussing too much. Yes. It was Andrew Jackson. Oh, so not recent. No, not recent. But it's kind of like, oh yeah, that guy I'm sure cussed a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah, he was saying a lot of bad words and they had to kick him out of the funeral. What? I mean, I can imagine that he put in his will that he wanted his parrot at his funeral. Yeah. So, uh, there's a lot of crazy things people put in wills. Yeah. But yeah. That's cool pet. <laughs> so stay stay safe. Stay healthy. And until next time, stay, stay weird, weird America. America.